This is the Soulfully Casual Podcast hosted by Matty Ice. And now, your host, Matty Ice. Hi, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the Soulfully Casual Podcast with Matty Ice. As always, this is Matty Ice, your host, and it's another beautiful day here in uh, Northern Virginia. Even though it's the wintertime and I tend to be a little bit, you know, on the downside when it comes to the months of January, February, March, there's still a lot of things to think about and a lot of things to look at. But before we get into today's topic, uh, first of all, I want to welcome back all you listeners who have been listening since the beginning or you know have listened previously. Thank you so much. And any new listeners, you know, welcome aboard. I uh, hope you enjoy what you hear and you stay with us going forward. Uh, as always, I think it's really important to remind you to connect with the show and there's multiple ways to do that. And as always, I like to remind you at the beginning uh, to make sure that if you want to, and especially if you hear something that you like, don't like, or you want to engage, uh, take an opportunity to do so. So first way is through email, and that is soulfully.casual at gmail.com. The Instagram account is soulfullycasualpodcast, and on Twitter, at soulfullycasual. Um, I've received some connections recently since I bring, brought the podcast back and put out uh, content on a more frequent basis, and I hope to keep doing that. So one of the things I've talked about leading up until today uh, you know, as I brought the podcast back is about how this show, the identity of this show right now uh, is really, you know, my identity. And some of the episodes uh, that I've come out with recently have really spoke to that. Uh, you know, I talked about my relationship with food, part of my weight loss journey, talking about how I've come to grips with my privilege and kind of understood things like social justice and so forth. But, you know, I think one of the most fundamental questions that every human being at some point asks themselves, no matter how old or how young, is who am I? And no matter, again, how old or young you are, uh, we do take a hard look at ourselves in the mirror and we kind of wonder who that person is staring back at us. I know that even though I'm not yet 40, you know, I've gone through that myself. I've definitely thought to myself uh, in a previous portion of my life, you know, who am I? Like, who is Matt? And there have been times when I've not really had an answer to that. And luckily today, I feel more sure of that than I have in a very, very long time, which is why I feel comfortable being able to do this with you. But some people spend a lot of time in their life or even their whole lives kind of going through the motions. Uh, but if you, if you ask them, who are you? You know, what, what words would you use to describe yourself? I think there are a lot of people who truthfully don't know and whether they've spent their lives, you know, doing things that they've not wanted to do or whatever. Uh, I think so much of what happens, you know, in society today is really reflective of that in both good and bad ways. Um, if you think about how much time we spend searching for ourselves in others, you know, we look at other people and we think to ourselves, I would love to be that or I wish I was that, you know, do we do that on a daily basis? I would say that we do. Uh, and it really got me thinking about what self-worth, self-identity is. And looking back, of course, at my own life and kind of looking at how that relates to the rest of the world. Um, another topic that I've always brought up, at least, you know, for the most part, is social media and its effect on society. And I've mentioned many times before that we could, you know, have an exhaustive episode about what that is. And I think that there have been more cons than pros when it comes to social media and how it has, uh, you know, gone through society up until this point. But I feel like 
one thing that is, is very clear to me, and I, I think this is uh, something that is separate of religion, no matter what your faith is, or if you have no faith, I think that every human being is born with a clean slate. And I remember thinking this the moment my son was born. And yeah, the, the minute my son was born, and you kind of come out of all of the hoopla of what's going on and, and you know, the get, getting him all ready, the first time I looked at him, I thought to myself, right now, everything that's happening around him is completely new. Every single thing, whether it's happening to him, by him, or around him, it's completely new. And think about how much freedom there is in that. You know, I talked earlier in an episode about you know, new year, new you, about having a clean slate every day, but that is the only time in our life in which the clean slate is wide open to anything that's out there. And yes, you know, babies, infants, kids, um, you know, they don't know what they should be looking at in terms of a clean slate, but I just thought there was so much freedom in the fact that everything that happens to him moving forward uh, is new and affects, you know, you know, his life. And as we go from infancy to adulthood, so much changes our lives, personalities, and really, it's inevitable that we become influenced by the things that happen to us and around us. And I've talked about that as it relates to, you know, thoughts on race and thoughts on politics and so forth. The household in which you grow up, the neighborhoods, the, you know, the geographical locations, all of that has an influence on who you end up becoming. And I think in reality, we do spend a great deal of time reacting to those influences, especially of parents and friends. I can think of multiple instances in which, you know, I sort of adopted a behavior uh, because I saw my parents doing it or I saw some friends doing it. And I think that changes as you get older. But, you know, my son now at 10 months, when I watch him react, uh, many times he's waiting for us to react to something. I think the best example of that is when he falls down. Now. You know, he falls down and it sounds like it hurts, but he looks at us and the first couple of times that he fell down, obviously it was an instant panic because, hey, this has never happened. And you think babies are fragile in all of this. And of course we reacted, oh, are you okay? You know, are you okay? And he started crying. And now when he bonks his head, we kind of go with the flow, especially if we know that it's a way that he's done it before. And he doesn't seem to be hurt in an outward way in which we need to, you know, really feel some danger. And we kind of laugh it off. And guess what? He laughs it off. So he's already becoming influenced by that. And he's already looking to us to sort of gauge how he should be reacting to things. And I think that that really continues as we get older. Uh, I, I think of this for adults is, is social media. And I, th I talked about that a little earlier, but think about it, right? So social media, I think in its infancy was built on human connection. It was a way to bring people together that either you hadn't seen in a really long time or you know, you, you want to stay connected with somebody. So when I look at what, when I used to have Facebook, there were a bunch of people that I was quote unquote connected with that I hadn't seen or talked to in a really long time. But then as my relationship with Facebook went on and on, I didn't really become connected with those people. It became a way to know what was going on in their lives, but without actually having to be a part of their lives. And I really think that that was the antithesis of what social media was really getting at. I don't think that that was really what we thought it was going to be. But as social media started adapting, it started becoming more interactive for you, the user, on Facebook. Instead of just having a picture with some information about you, which is what Facebook looked like at the beginning, you could start putting a sentence of how you were feeling, right? 
And then that morphed into being able to say a lot more words. And that like button, when that came out, I think that really changed the game. Because now you could basically completely passively, quote unquote, like something and let that person know that you were a fan of that or that you agreed with it or whatever, right? And now I think about how often in today's world do we feed off emotions of what we see others doing or saying on social media? And I don't think it has anything to do with a specific platform. Uh, you see this in politics all the time. Or actually, I think social media might have helped make things political. Almost everything is political. But I think when a lot of people go on social media now, they are in some passive way, and I don't even think it's active sometimes. I think there are people that actively look for dissenting opinions, but I think we scroll through because as I said about you know habits, our phone is like our biggest habit. So one of the things we always gravitate towards is, oh, I have a free second, let me grab my phone and check it. And we really numbingly scroll through our phones, whether it's Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, what have you. And we scroll, scroll, scroll. But how often do we scroll mindlessly but stop at everything that we find, you know, offensive or objectionable or we disagree with? And I think sometimes it's almost as if we're looking for those things because we want to be able to say something negative. And why is that? Because we have the ability to do it. It's kind of like the Jurassic Park thing. Like we know that we can, but have we thought about whether we should? And I think that's been an unintended consequence of social media is that now we feel like we can say anything and everything and whether that is you know your emotions being changed by something that you agree with and we see that a lot too like there are positive you know parts to that whenever we see shared stories of good deeds whenever we sh see shared stories of you know anything that's positive or something that we agree with obviously our emotions are affected by that and we react accordingly and i think that is partly positive because it makes you feel less alone in the world despite the fact that you're not really organically connected with those people that connection of knowing that hey i've i know somebody else who's gone through this or there's a lot of other people who have gone through this i think about this with like cancer survivors or people who have cancer all of those groups that are on facebook that talk about what people go through and you can kind of commiserate with somebody else that have been through that or if you have a cancer that has a low survivability well, you see other people who are thriving three, five, ten years afterwards. That's a great thing because it gives you some semblance of hope and a slight bit of empathy for others because at least somebody else is going through that. Um, but then there's the entire idea, you know, is posting opinions. I think so many people have the ability now to post opinions. And I'm not going to lie to you, full transparency, this show, the ability to record and put these out in the airwaves, that's a very similar concept. Like, I could come on here and just be a gas bag and spout opinions about everything that I strongly believe in. Uh, to me, that wouldn't make good content because to me, the idea is not to polarize my audience, but to connect with my audience. And to do that, I think it's thinking about everything. But we don't really have to do that on social media. If I one day wake up and feel like saying... You know something like about anybody insert anybody so and so is a piece of crap and just sit go and it's out there anybody who agrees with it can agree with it and talk about it and anybody who doesn't can now you know say their opinions we even see this down to the level of i remember a few years ago posting about how i felt that certain movies weren't christmas movies and to me that's light-hearted Okay, so uh, something about me that's interesting is I like to create faux controversy, and I like to do that by 
saying things like love actually isn't a christmas movie or saying that you know a blueberry muffin is overrated and is the or or something like that i like to make top five lists for things because i think people get so uh over analytical about these things and it just it just makes me laugh but i could do that but there are a lot of people who put serious content out there and they put seriously misguided and uninformed content out there and i think that's the dangerous part and while in some ways i don't necessarily agree with the current stance of these you know uh social media platforms basically taking the ability to for people to say things away it's very selective there's a danger to what people can say. And this idea of fake news has been furthered by the fact that anybody can take anything that they've seen or read on the internet and throw it out there for other people. And I think on a, on the whole, the, the average American or the average social media user is not doing enough reading or research to really understand that those things aren't true. But we're reacting to those things. And if you think about it, even if for your own personally, let's, let's take politics out of it. How often have you felt good in what you're looking in, in what you're looking at in the mirror? You either have uh, an outfit for me, it's shoes, or you just feel like you're having a great day and you post about it. How many of us are actually hoping that people like it? I think a lot of people are. And while maybe you're not admitting that out loud to yourself or admitting it to others, I think it's completely natural because I think these platforms have conditioned us to look for it. So we're basing that off of what people do on social media. I thought I looked great in this shirt. Nobody seemed to like it. Does that mean that I don't look great? And it's changed how I feel about this. And it's such a fleeting concept. Like it's such a fleeting thing. So like when people like a photo that I've posted, I completely forget about it the next day or basically by the next time that you post. So how real is it? Like how much are you actually taking that to heart? And I think it starts to then speak to this concept of validation. And one of the things that I have gone through this year is finding out how to love myself and working through things as a part of this pandemic, as a part of being a new father. And those are future episodes that are definitely coming. But the idea is realizing that deep down at our core, every human seeks validation. People want to be seen. And I really don't think it has anything to do with how rich you are, how poor you are, or, you know, no matter what your life situation is, I think it's on an emotional level, a basic human need to be seen or to feel valuable to somebody or something. And it doesn't have to be you know, wanted in a sexual manner or wanted romantically, but hey, I told a joke and if people laugh, that's being seen and that means that it validates that, you know, I had something clever to say in this moment. And I think that's completely natural. But we spend a lot of time trying to find it. I mean, even the smallest little interactions that we have, I mean, now I go back to thinking about my son and, and growing up. And how many times, if for, for those of you who have kids and you have, or you, you know, have kids that are grown up now, how many times when they were little did they say, mommy, come look at this, daddy, come, come see this, right? They want to show you things that they do. And even though the things that they do, whether it's uh, hysterically not good artwork or they've made some kind of a you know contraption or art piece in the living room that they want to show you, or they can show you that they can flip off the couch, which by the way, uh, we don't allow, but they want to show you those things. Why? Because they want your validation. They want you to say, hey, good job. And that starts at such an early age. I mean, it's it's innocent when they're kids, really. 
uh, for the for the most part, you know, especially when they're really young and they're learning things for the first time and seeing things for the first time, it's it's new to them. We might have seen it so many times as adults, right? Where, you know, especially as adults now where the entire Internet is at our disposal. So it's very possible to have seen everything. But for kids, it's not. It's innocent and it's new, but they still want you to acknowledge them. They want you to see them. And as we grow to like teenagers, then I think it moves. I think as teenagers, we're not seeking validation necessarily from our parents, but from our peers. We want to be cool. High school. High school is all about trying to be in the in crowd. And for people like me who weren't in the in crowd, it could be very lonely because you didn't have anything that you felt people cared about. Like for me, being a quote unquote smart person in high school and getting good grades alienated me to an extent. That wasn't cool for a lot of the kids that are cool. As I've grown into adult now, I realize that many of those people peaked back then and haven't really amounted to anything. And, you know, they, they, they kind of have reached a point where their validation was met back then and they really haven't been able to find a way to continue to feel that way. And that's not everybody in the cool crowd, but it was just the way that it is for people that I knew. But that's why we see things like peer pressure, teens starting to smoke, teens starting to drink. You know, sometimes when um, a teenager, you know, is, is seeking that validation, and it could have happened to me as somebody who wasn't in the in crowd, the second somebody from that cool, you know, that cool kid group wants you to be a part of it, there's a lot of kids who will do whatever it takes to feel like those those people are saying that they're cool and they're validated but now think about it as an adult you know from we seek validation all over the place even though our kids are looking for us to you know give them that validation we're seeking it from them too right like when a, you know you're for my son anyway when he has gotten you know older he's almost 11 months now there have been months where he's been more into me or more into my wife and as a parent when your child is not quote unquote into you, um, it, it, it can feel really weird. When you feel as if you can't provide or you can't soothe them, it does make you wish that they would know that you're capable of that. And I think we do that all the time. But even now, like from our friends, coworkers, partners, we're seeking that in some fashion. Today, as a part of this you know, COVID-19 pandemic, so many couples, I think, are spending so much more time with themselves than is really probably meant for marriage. And you kind of want to be seen like you want your spouse to support you, whatever it is. Right. So if you are somebody who advocates for, for women's rights, you want your partner to support that. You want your partner to be there for it. Uh, if you're a runner, if you're, uh, you know, anything right, you want your partner to at least be there for you and say, I support what you're doing even if they don't want to be there, you know, 100% of the time, like physically doing it, it's that need of, hey, what you're doing is really cool. And I support that you keep doing it. And sometimes we come to those hard decisions about I'd like to change careers. And you really need your partner's buy in for that. But you also need your partner's validation to say, I think this is something worthy for you and us and go ahead and go for it. And we just as adults, you know, if you think about it, you know, once once we are looking for that partner, I mean, just the idea of seeking out a partner for marriage is really like one of the ultimate ways of doing so. Because over the course of our dating life, as we meet people, we either find people that mesh with that or they don't. And then ultimately we find somebody who we feel is the right choice to, to be married to because nobody wants to be alone. And even people who aren't married, 
you have deep a deep group of friends because you don't want to be alone. So we're seeking that validation somewhere. So what does all this really mean? Um, and I think it's important to say that like the concepts of validation and desire, just like everything, they have positive and negatives to them. You know, if you are somebody who is seeking validation and desire and go to every single length to get it, and in previous episodes I've talked about hype beasts when it comes to like sneaker culture, basically wanting to get every single thing that's out there because they want to be seen as somebody who's cool within that uh, group, you know, that's to me a negative because you're putting everything aside to be able to do that. Or if you're somebody who, you know, just is willing to go the, the whole mile and give up everything to do so. But there are great things. And when it comes to your life, Right now, think about it. Are you currently looking for validation from somebody? Are you desiring somebody else to kind of give that to you back? But are you ever seeking it by for yourself? Like, are you ever validating yourself to yourself? And I realize that's a lot of yourselves, but do you look in the mirror and say, you know what, I'm good enough for myself? Um, it just, it, it seems like a weird thing to say because it's like, well, how, wait, how can I desire myself? But you actually can provide all the validation that you need for your life. If you know who you are and you love who you are, that's all the validation that you need. And sure, you know, when you get that, when you get those feelings from somebody else that you care about, it adds to that. But my point here is you don't need that from it. You can do it all by yourself. And, you know, what in the meantime, you know, what can you do? Um, to allow yourself the freedom to desire yourself, to validate yourself, to know that who you are and what you can do in this life is good enough. Um, I know that I need to work on it. You know, for me, I need to work on knowing that who I am is enough and that even when others don't think so, and people are always going to think you're no good. Uh, ultimately, I need to make sure that I remember that everything that I am is good enough and it's always going to be good enough. And even though I can improve who I am, it doesn't mean that I'm not good enough. It just means that I want to get better. And that's what we should all strive for. Um, and for you that's listening, just always, always, always remember, even in the places in which you feel you are at your worst or you've hit rock bottom, you are good enough. And it's always, always, always going to be something that you can do for yourself. Desire yourself, validate yourself. And I think it will really help you in life. And even if you need to use other people's validation to as stepping stones, excuse me, to get to your own you know, way of doing it for yourself, that's okay. Just remember that at the end of your day, you are the one who ultimately can do it for yourself. And I think that that will open up a key to being able to do anything you want in this world. So thank you again for listening. Um, you know, this is another kind of deep episode, but it's something that I've been thinking about a lot and talking about with a lot, a lot of people. Uh, I just want to remind you again that uh, connect with the show through the email, which is soulfully.casual at gmail.com. The uh, Instagram, Soulfully Casual Podcast, and Twitter, which is at Soulfully Casual. I'd love to hear from you. Um, and it's been a great episode. I'm so happy to be able to keep talking with you, keep bringing this to you. And for everybody that's listening right now, thank you so much. Hope everybody has a great rest of their week and I will see you down the road.